today's episode, we're going to talk about various aspects of a refugium. My name's Russ Kickle, and welcome to another episode of American Reef. item before we get into uh, talking about refugiums. Uh, basically, uh, many viewers over the past kind of year have asked for these American Reef uh, shirts. And, um, you know, it's one of those things where I never really wanted to get into kind of basically handing out charts kind of thing. Um, you know, I figured my role was more to educate, to help educate, promote good companies like our Bulk Reef Supply, Premium Aquatics, Ecosystems, Tons, you know, those guys, right? Because they got good products and, right, basically make it easy for um, hobbyists to keep fish and corals. And to me, you know, peddling shirts, for example, was just nothing, you know, that kind of followed into those categories. Uh, but that said, I happened to be in an attic space kind of pulling out some Christmas decorations and I came across a box of American Reef shirts. I realized one of my buddies a few years back had made a case up for me and uh, he was going to sell them this, that, and the other. And like I said, I kind of didn't want to go that route and I just had them here kind of collecting dust. So as such, I figured, hey, it's the 2014 kind of holiday season and uh, as such, I figured, hey, you know, why not kind of, you know, give these as presents to my viewers, um, you know, again, rather than collecting dust. So that's what I'm going to do. And the way I'm going to do it is um, basically I'm going to mix it in with the HPD, meaning what I'll do is out on the AmericanReef.com website, um, bottom center of the page, you'll see that selection, right, with a buy now, the PayPal buy now option. Well, basically, what we'll do is I'll take and if you purchase an HPD, I'll just give you one of these shirts. And uh, again, quantity is limited. Like I said, 25 to 35 is what I have. I got uh, small, medium, and large. And so what you'll do is you'll kind of see that option out there as far as what to select from. And when they run out, I'll just pull that option off. Uh, as far as the cost, the way that I'll do is I'll set it up uh, for like one container, for example, with a shirt uh, being probably somewhere around 33 bucks, right? Because we've got 20 bucks for the food and roughly, you know, uh, 11, 12 bucks for shipping, that kind of thing. So, um, you know, that math says it's actually going to be $32. So what I'll do is have $32 for, uh, for that. And, um, and then uh, what I'll do is I'll have a quantity of one HPD or two HPDs. Because remember, since we've got to jump up into that medium flat rate kind of USPS box, there's all kind of room in there. So um, you can fit probably two, four, six kind of in there even with the shirts. So uh, with that being said, what I'll do is I'll have a couple kind of we'll say the common order quantities that people purchase. And if you want more, just let me know and you know I'll kind of work it out with you via email, that sort of thing. Again, remember, AmericanReef at me.com. Uh, now with that being said, let's on to refugiums. Um, again, over the past month, two months, I've been getting a lot of questions about refugiums in general. And we know that I've used kind of the miracle mud in my refugiums, excuse me, refugiums, and I, I like it a lot, right? Um, 
However, the questions have been more about general. Hey, what about refugiums? You know, best place for them, how they work, that sort of thing. And um, so I got to thinking about it, and I remember an episode that we had with Gary. Remember, Gary was the store owner who had lots of service accounts that had a lot of kind of history with kind of refugiums, and he had a really cool setup in his shop. Um, so I looked back at, at that episode and thought, you know what, it's still pretty much pertinent today. Um, and, you know, rather than me kind of create something from scratch, let's just kind of re-air that. And let's hear what Gary has to say because he made some good points, especially on locations of refugiums, that a lot of people don't consider, right? Um, so what we're going to do now is we're going to go back to that episode and let's hear what Gary has to say about kind of, you know, again, why we have refugiums, ah, some neat basically ways to set them up and basically, you know, the inner working, so to speak, of a refugium. Hey, Rob. Hey, Ross. Tell me what a refugium is. Well, what a refugium is, it's a separate system mm -hmm. off of your main system that's going to incorporate macroalgae, some sort of live sand bed, usually a little bit of live rock, and then the combination of all those microorganisms that would live in amongst that algae, rock, and sand. Okay, so what is the exact function of the refugium then? Well, it has a multitude of functions. One, you have your plants. Mm -hmm. So the macroalgae uses photosynthesis and all those uh, functions that right. algaes use in the wild naturally to benefit the reef system. Sure. So you're using plants as almost part of the filter. Okay? Sure. Then you have your rock that has all its organisms in it, your bacteria, your sponges, your worms, all those organisms that also provide functions for the reef tank. Your worms feed corals. Their waste actually feeds the corals. So you can develop a heavy worm population in there that's not going to be predated upon by your wrasses and angelfish and if you have a butterfly in there or anything else that would you know, really inhibit that population. And then you have your sand bed that allows all those worms and bugs and copepods to thrive in and amongst the sand bed. So it's actually threefold. You have your macroalgae, you have your live rock, and you have your sand bed that's all separate from the main system and allows all those organisms to develop without being eaten. Cool. So food, right? And then you got filtration. That's right. And what's the sand? All oh, the sand is just, again, it's part of that whole biological system, right? Exactly. Okay, so you just described to me the why I want one and the right. components of it. Mm -hmm. What about the wares? Where do they go? Well, the location of a refugium, naturally, it goes underneath the aquarium. However, you can put it above the aquarium. Not too many. Uh, hobbyists do that, mm -hmm. but it's not a bad way to do it. So let's talk a little bit about putting a refugium above your aquarium. 55 gallon reef tank okay. connected to a 40 long okay. that drains into a sump that has a refugium in it. Now, that's what we want to cover. We want to cover the sump with the refugium and go over some of the details related to this refugium. Bob, I'm looking at you and your sump slash refugium. Alright, so first we have the drains that run into the far end, in this situation, the left side of the reservoir. The reason I do that is because I don't want all that agitation inside my refugium. I want my refugium to be kind of still. I want water flowing through it, 
but I don't want a lot of flow or current in there that really disturbs the refugium. Okay. We still have about a thousand gallons an hour moving through there, but it's volume, not any pressure. Sure. I also have my protein skimmer in the same side of the reservoir as the drain. So the air bubbles, the cavitation that's happening in there is all separated from the refugium. So I don't have a lot of air bubbles inside my refugium. I don't want all those air bubbles sticking to the leaves of the macroalgae. Um, it tends to cause a lot of slime algaes and just really disrupts the overall health of the refugium. So I, I want it to be nice and clear and I don't want it still, but I don't want it, you know, aggravated. Sure, sure. Okay, now what I did was I have a small 30-watt bulb mm -hmm. that um, provides the overall lighting on this particular refugium. There's all sorts of lighting you can use on it. It's, you'll be very surprised at how effective a low-watt bulb really does work on a healthy refugium. Now, it's very important that the healthy refugium is really going to reflect the overall health of your whole system. So it's going to take all parts to be working correctly for the refugium to be healthy. So I'm just assuming that your water chemistry is straight and the rest of your system is doing well. Sure. Now, let's talk for a second about lighting and mm -hmm. how you're going to utilize the light as far as scheduling. Okay. okay. What I do here at the shop and what I found to be the best light cycle is 10 hours on, 2 hours off, 10 hours on, 2 hours off. And you can buy those inexpensive timers mm -hmm. and have all the little tabs on it to provide that. I don't care how you, what schedule you put that 10 on, 2 off, 10 on, 2 off doesn't really matter, but what is important is that you're providing some darkness for that refugium. You know, a lot of refugiums I've seen, they'll run them 24 hours a day. And I found that I got better growth out of the refugium by giving it those two periods of darkness. Do you have to actually replace the light bulb like you do in a reef tank? Well, I, you, you always want to keep everything uh, replaced as it should be replaced. So a fluorescent bulb is really good for about six months. Okay. So if you're using a small fluorescent light fixture, you want to change your bulb every six months. Okay. What will happen is you'll start to develop, to develop some of the other adverse algaes like red slime algae that could be caused from that old bulb. What right. are you going to grow in this thing? Well, what you want to grow is some sort of macroalgae. Okay. The most popular macroalgaes are probably your Calerpa and your Cato. Cato looks kind of like uh, it's a bristly bird nest looking algae. Mm -hmm. It's very popular because it's really good for all the copepods and stuff to live in and develop in. And it's really hard to kill. So that's probably why it's the most popular. Sure. Now, the different types of calerpa are effective as a macroalgae in a refugium. The problem is that they have a tendency to crash. And what I mean by crashing is they go asexual and blow out all the green inside them uh -huh. and turn white and turn your whole tank green. 
that usually doesn't hurt anything, but all your algae died, your refugium crashed, so you kind of got to start over. However, what I did find though, is if you do that light cycle with that little bit of darkness, I, I've had very little problems with it crashing. And that's what I have in here is a lot of different types of Calerpa. Okay, so let me zoom in on there so we can kind of see what Calerpa looks like. And all this algae can crash, but given it that little bit of darkness, I haven't had it crash. And the big refugium that you saw in the beginning of the episode, that's almost all Calerpa. And it's been here for years and it has not crashed yet. I think I can get a picture of that. Let's All see. right. So I've got the left chamber, we'll call it first. You can see the separator in the middle, and these over the refugium. Now, obviously, not, not every hobbyist can do a reservoir this big underneath their aquarium. But the general idea is all I'm trying to get across. Sure. You want to keep that refugium from encroaching onto your equipment. You want to keep the macroalgae, the coralline algae, the sand from getting into your equipment. You're protecting your equipment from the light and the algae. So you want to keep that light as focused on the refugium as you can and try not to leak any light out onto the rest of your equipment or it's just been going to become more messy and more maintenance, right? Yep. So then, this system right here, I have my pump actually four feet away from my refugium. So none of that encroachment is going to get into my pump. You can't see it from that angle, but this particular system runs through a whole other empty reservoir that is sealed from my refugium. There it is. So then from there, you have the pump again, which slings it straight up top. Right? right, now, what I accomplished by doing it this way was I got to create a higher water volume in my refugium than only running six or eight inches, which normal sumps run. Mm -hmm. I used a 90 degree, a couple 90 degree elbows and tilted them, you know, horizontally. That keeps my water level a little higher. Sure. So my skimmer still operates correctly with that high water and it gives me more area for macroalgae to grow. Yeah. And then as the water runs into the other side, the water drops down. So if I lose power or anything, I still have enough capacity to handle the back drain. 
Okay, and I see you also have, you know, your dripping calc washer on the other side too, so it makes a nice high flow rate right for there. Here's an example of some copepods that you're trying to develop a population in your refugium. Those copepods are an excellent source of food for a lot of your smaller reef fish. Right now, I'm feeding the refugium some rotifers. What that does is supply food to the small copepods, to your worms, feather dusters, all those organisms in your refugium to get them really, uh, ultimately to get them to overpopulate your refugium. The, 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 the better you feed your refugium, the better that those small organisms will develop. We talked a little bit about putting a refugium in the obvious place, below your reef tank, inside your reservoir somewhere. Another option is to put one above it. It doesn't really work for most obvious, but it's an option. And there's a couple neat things that you can do if you do put a refugium above your reef tank. Places for them to feel safe that they'll come out more than they would in your big tank. 
Okay. Show me the refugium with all the little copepods in it. How do I get them all? How do I get them all? Well, started? that's a good question. If you have healthy live rock, healthy macroalgae, healthy sand, you'll get everything you need. Uh -huh. You can always add more by purchasing specific copepods, whether it be from your a local store or the internet. Right. But if you're patient and you buy healthy plants, sure. sand, rock, mm -hmm. that'll all come with it. They'll be there. They're naturally there. And how long how long does it take to develop into a point where it actually feeds your tank, for example? So uh, that's really hard to say. I uh -huh. mean it, it it really depends on how healthy uh -huh. those three are. Okay. But it'll be there, it'll develop, just be patient, it'll grow, and you'll have within six months you'll have a blooming refugium. The macroalgae you should be able to purchase from a good reef store, uh -huh. a local fish store that uh, is predominantly reef tanks. Sure. You can obviously purchase it somewhere on the internet. You want to look for, my first choice would be the Cato, second choice would be some type of Calerpa. If sure. you get that macroalgae healthy, it'll have a lot of copepods in it to start with. If you're not happy with the population of copepods, then you can purchase specific copepods. I know eBay, there's a bunch of different sellers who sell uh, specific copepods to populate your reef. Now, are there any copepods better than, or, or worse than another? Uh, you know what, honestly, I just think a combination of two or three types of copepods sure. you know, should make any hobbyist happy with our little refugium. Okay, good deal. So let's kind of wrap it up then. Tell me. A, is a refugium worthwhile doing? And I think a refugium is definitely worthwhile doing. Okay. The combination of the rock, sand, and plants benefits your reef tank tremendously. It's a natural filter, mm -hmm. and anytime you use natural filtration on aquariums, you can't go wrong. That's sure. the best. The mother nature is the best. Okay. Good deal. So good to do it feeds it it filters it right yes Any, anything else to add um, I think one of the key points I want you know I hope I got across was that you want to keep that refugium separated from your equipment mm -hmm. because it really will affect the performance of your pumps especially power heads long term so try to develop a refugium that's segregated from you know that equipment okay. um, other than that you really can't go wrong as long as you maintain good water chemistry, get healthy parts as far as your sand rock and macroalgae, yep. you really can't screw up. Good. Good deal.